Welcome to the Bookworthy Podcast. I'm children's author Valerie Fentress, and we're here to talk about kidlet that's good for your kids' hearts and souls. Kidlet ranges from the ages birth to teens, so there's a lot of shelf space to cover. Today, we're talking with Jill Roman Lord, the author of over 30 children's books with many awards in her crown. Welcome to Bookworthy, Jill. Thank you. So good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, we're in the first week of January, second week of January. Um, how are you doing on your new New Year's resolutions? Struggling as always. <laughs> <laughs> I know they say that usually most people drop off within the first 10 days. And if you can make it past the first 21 days, you're better than the majority of people, right? <laughs> right. Okay. I'll stick in there for a few more there you days. Go. There you go. <laughs> I typically make the habit of not starting resolutions in January, but in February. I use the month of January to prepare for anything that I want to do because there's just so much pressure to make changes and do the things. It's like, that's, that's overwhelming. Right. Then you only have 11 months to do it. Right. If you start in February. <laughs> that's true, but that, that might motivate me a little faster, hopefully. <laughs> Good luck. Well, Jill, I must confess that you are one of my yes authors. One of those authors that I always say yes to buying your books because you always have such sweet messages for young kids. Oh, thank you. Um, we're kind of talking about your book, um, Love Well, Precious One. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for this book? Yes. I did have a book out that came out a couple years ago called Dream Big, My Precious One. And I wanted to get a series going for that. So I was thinking, what other book could a parent or caregiver or loved one read to their child to encourage them? <clears throat> Let them think of encourage them in what, in which way? And at the time, there was just a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. Kids um, almost bullying other kids to death and encouraging them to take their own lives. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I'm like, what if these kids learned how to love at an early age instead of bullying or be able to stand up for themselves and not allow that bullying, not allow that to get to the point of, of catastrophe mm -hmm. and taking one's life. So that's when the, um, love well, my precious one came to me and, uh, it's, it's pretty much a book on encouraging children to uh, be that person that reaches out to the child who feels left out, to include them, to uh, ask their name, you know, it's giving them the hopefully empowering children to love in various different ways in any circumstance they might find themselves in. I love the heart behind the book and that you're wanting to give tools and reminders of how to interact. Cause I think that we're with those COVID babies that were born and kind of have lived in this COVID era have not had as many opportunities to reach out and connect and learn how to be compassionate and see other people. And I think this book does a really great job of just getting kids to look beyond that isolated state that we we had been in here in the last two to three years to really give them the skills and the thought processes of being kind and seeking the betterment of other people, not just ourselves, which has been a bit of a hit and miss in our COVID era, <laughs> I feel. Absolutely. 
And speaking of that, there was actually a study that came out in Psychology Today back in 2018 that actually looked at that and um, at, at generosity. And it found that people who did give to people made other people feel better, but also reaped the benefits themselves and had a positive emotional uptick, you know, in how they were feeling. Yeah, that's kind so of the kind benefit of, of compassion and you know, loving on other people well is that it's not just for them, but it's for us too. God has really wired us to be in community and relationship. And I think your book does an amazing job of encouraging young kids to take the step out to do those things. Thank you. I'm hoping. <laughs> so fun. Now, um, what is kind of the, we've kind of talked a little bit about the message and your goal for this book, but um, what, if there's one thing that kids would walk away from this book, what would you hope it to be? I would hope that they would find at least one way that they could relate to that they could use in their own life, whether it's, you know, making a card for somebody, if they're, you know, too shy to ask somebody else's name or invite them to play or, you know, the freedom to help train their new dog or still know that they're loved if they're, a new baby comes along in their family. Um, I'm hoping they can, you know, at least grasp something that, oh, you know what? My friend just hit a home run at baseball and I couldn't even hit the ball. And that was in this book. And, you know, I'm going to congratulate them anyway. You know? Yeah. Cause even as a parent of three kids, I, it's hard to teach my kids that we can celebrate each other. We are not in constant competition with one another. We can celebrate each other's wins and encourage each other, even when they're hitting the losses too. And I think that's one thing that in our culture is not the norm to be encouraging and to be compassionate towards those around us. And instead of just continu continually fighting in this little rat race that apparently starts really young. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. But oh, you know, goodness. yeah, if kids could just learn to yeah, celebrate each other and know that, you know, so you had a bad day, they had a good day, things change, you know. I know, keeping that, you know, not taking everything so personal and, you know, one bad day doesn't mean all the days are bad, right? And so kind of right. teaching that oh, the ability to communicate what we're feeling as well as celebrate one another. Um, now you are a bit of a runner yourself, right? A little bit of competition, yes. I'm sure is natural in your own family. How have you parented yes. your kids to, um, compete well and to encourage each other? All three kids were all in different sports at various times through their lives. And, um, you know, we made them go to each other's events and, uh, you know, sit there. Sometimes they enjoyed watching. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes, you know, they wish they could be other places, but I thought it was important, you know, as a family to encourage each other and um, cheer each other on. I love that. I love that. You know, what is it? We kind of call it as this is what family does is we celebrate each other. We encourage each other. We Yes, you could be at home playing video games, but nope, because you're part of this family. We're going to be over here at this baseball game today and making That's it right. a family event. And so part of the culture that you make as a parent. That's super fun. Now, how? what is your, I guess, running distance? How long have you 
is your record run, I guess? Uh, my record run is um, I have done exactly one marathon in my running career. I was one and done. <laughs> uh, but that was back in 1999. <laughs> but I have done, um, I took to like in the half marathons there for a while. Now I am happy with 5Ks. I have a kiddo and, uh, that's just jumped into cross country and it's been a bit of a learning curve to be, to learn about running and <laughs> the challenges that come with running. And it's been fun oh, to see, yeah. to try to teach him to love well and to com be compassionate to his teammates too, because it's you know, even to himself also, because he, he's not the fastest, but he's still trying and doing and going and it's a lot of fun now you yeah and, oh, go ahead. And i was gonna say in that sport you're actually kind of competing against each other also as well as as a team so that brings a challenge in and of itself too you know it's a tricky one because yeah you but, whether or not you compete is kind of dependent on whether or not you beat your teammates <laughs> it's a little awkward so we're learning how to shepherd him well in this one. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, things to learn and those kind of sports are important. Yes. It's yeah. You can always learn something in those types of sports. Now you are, have been involved with a ministry group called Samaritan's feet, which kind of merges your two loves of kids and um, running too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So Samaritan's Feet is a program that um, gives shoes to kids who may not have any. They do some over here in this um, country, but they do it in many other countries. And um, I went to one in India and uh, these kids, all they have is like one pair of sandals or one, or one pair of flip-flops. And um, so we actually took shoes to these little villages in India and we washed their feet and put new shoes on their feet. And in some places they were, I mean, they were walking around like they had bricks on their feet. They just weren't used to shoes. And I remember we were at this one little orphanage and they were all walking like kind of awkward. So that's not like, all right, we're gonna run. Everybody line up here. So all the kids lined up and I'm like, one, two, three, run. So we <laughs> run down to the tree and you know, we'd all go, wah, you know, run in and, and then we turn around and we run back and it was just fun running with the kids there. I didn't imagine so. Were kind of, a lot of them were athletic shoes. So yeah, that is something new for someone who has lived in poverty to have something that encompasses their whole feet and has a harder soul. So I'm sure that was a little awkward. <laughs> but it gives them the freedom to be able to play some sports. That's it's hard true. to play sports and flip-flops. <laughs> But I love that. I love hopefully that. Hopefully they'll use them. Yes, I'm it's sure fun. they will. And it's one of those, if you don't have the tools to do something, sometimes you just never know you have the opportunity. So to, for those, uh, for that ministry to step into that place and, you know, those kids giving them just the opportunity to do more things with their feet. <laughs> yeah. And when we delivered the shoes to churches, we were able to pray with the kids. But when we delivered to um, schools, we were not. Um, so we just kind of shared the, the love of Jesus just by giving them shoes. And it was funny. It, it was that place that wrote us up in an 
article that said all these foreigners came to our country and, you know, gifted our kids with shoes. And that was the one place where we couldn't actually pray with the kids, but they so still fun. saw the love. Yeah. It was great. It was a great experience. I can imagine just to see God acting and working through just something as simple as shoes is amazing. God is good. He is good. Now, Jill, you're not only an author, but you are a nurse anesthetist. Anesthetist. There we go. We'll get it eventually. So kind of how do you balance the life between those two worlds being in nursing and the hospital as well as, um, writing these precious books. God has just blessed the timing of both of these careers and has worked it out. And I have been able to be part-time in anesthesia since my kids were born, which was uh, coming up on 30 years ago. Um, So I've been working part-time and on my days off or when the kids would be in school is when I would write, you know, it was initially when they were in preschool, like it would just be a couple hours like two days a week or something, but I would just jump on those times. And when they'd be in in school and I was home, I would take a couple of those days to write. You have to block out time to write or it gets, that gets stepped on very easily. It's hard to, as a creative person to, what is it, be disciplined enough to sit down and, you know, force your creativity into a box, but it, when you do that, you build that consistency to allow your words to come out and to, you know, get the job done also. Right. Oh, absolutely. There's a million things to, you know, as a mom to do, you know, to get the grocery shopping done and the shopping and their school supplies and whatever else they need and carpool them around everywhere. And yeah, if you don't cut out that time, it, it disappears. Very true. Now, did you always want to be an author, Jill? I always liked writing and I was always told by my teachers that I had a gift of writing. So I always thought it'd be fun to someday write a children's book. And I actually went to a college that had a phenomenal journalism school, but for some reason I just felt drawn towards nursing. And um, it wasn't until I was out of nursing school and out of anesthesia school afterwards, um, that God lit the fire within me to, to write for publication. So fun. And you've written a lot of great books and what is it? I think I have like a, almost a whole shelf of your books with just, I love to hear that (laughs) just with, you you know, hiding Jesus in my heart and just really great, just practical books of communicating those Christianese terms, you know, for into little kids, you know, language so they can understand those, I don't know, those hard kept concepts in the uh, Christian faith. So a question for you is, um, how do you, with grown kids, stay connected to this kind of young heart and young mind to write for children still? I think my mind just kind of stays in that, stays in that mode. Um, I used to write like our Christmas cards would be written in rhyme, you know, so I just, kind of think, you know, not in rhyme all the time, but I just kind of stay in that mode. But I feel like, you know, I was a you know Girl Scout leader for a long time and a little choir leader for a while and um, Sunday school kids. And I felt like I was immersed in that through my kids growing up years. 
mm-hmm. that you kind of sticks with you. I, I probably should get more involved in Sunday schools for kids and that also, but, you know, hanging out with my friends, grandkids and, you know, there's, there's enough kids around that you kind of <laughs> see, see what's going on. Too fun. I love that. Now, when did your writing journey begin? My writing journey began in 1996. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I just had two girls at the time and I was working part-time. Life was good. And all of a sudden I had this fire in my heart that I had to write for publication. And it's like, it's not like I had a book. It's like, oh, I think I'll write this, but I had nothing. But I just knew that I had to write something. And it took me about two weeks to come up with an idea. I thought, oh, I'll write a children's devotional. I would write it, write it in rhyme. I always heard to write what you know, and I knew I knew how to write in rhyme. Um, so I'd write that in rhyme and come up with a scripture verse at the bottom of it. So then I just laughed at God and said, all right, you have got to provide the time because I'm working part-time so I can be with my kids, you know, and not have a full nother career. On my days off, when I was home, he woke me up at dark 30 in the morning, wide awake. So I would get up, go downstairs, make a cup of coffee, and I would sit and write this book until I'd hear the pitter-patter little feet or somebody yelling, Mom, and then, I, then I'd be done. I'd never set an alarm clock, but he was faithful and woke me up on my mornings off. And it took me about six months to get this devotional written. How neat. I love that God really, God worked that into your heart and made you accountable to it too. Sometimes that's, you know, the hardest part is not only being called to do something, but being disciplined to do it. And that's, I'm sure there were mornings where you're like, I don't really want to get up Lord. but (laughs) Few, but it was such a joy. That became such a precious time with me. That is like, I knew God was meeting me there in this place. And, um, that actually has still grown to be my quiet time with God in the mornings on my days off. Not that I'm not writing so much on those times, but, um, that I wanted to hold on to that precious time with him. That's so sweet. I love that God has worked that not only into your heart, but into your schedule, into how it has fueled you to write as many children's books as you have. Now, what has been the most impactful book in your life other than the Bible? Other than the Bible. Uh, years ago, and I believe it is still out, um, it's called um, Having a Merry Heart in the Martha World, I believe, mm-hmm. by Joanna Weaver. And uh, somebody told me about this book um, early on in my parenthood life probably, you know, 25 years ago, at least. And it, it changed my life. It just reminded me how Jesus just wants you to spend time with him and that you don't have to be busy and involved in everything to show that you're a Christian or whatever. He just wants to spend time with you, you know? Yeah. And he's going to use that time, whatever you give him, whether it's, you know, serving other people or just sitting with him, he's going to inspire you to move forward into whatever his will is. You know, I read that book. Oh, you've read it too. I've read it too. And it's one of those, I'm more of a Mary 
rather than a Martha, but there's times where I have to be a Martha. <laughs> and so that I can be a Mary <laughs> just in the busy world. Yeah. So it's funny how that dichotomy works, but it's such a great perspective to be reminded of over and over again of how we perceive our world and how we interact with our world too. So I yes, love that. And there's room for both Mary and Martha. You that's know? right. That's right. Gotta get stuff done for <laughs> right. sure. You do some days, but it's one of those. I love, I have a friend who's very type A personality, very busy. She's always doing something, but in that she's always has a podcast in her ears, giving her um, words of wisdom from the Lord and, you know, mm -hmm. praise music going on in her house. She's always filling herself with God's truth, even in the busy. And I, she's amazing. And I'm like, I will never be this busy, but <laughs> I can totally respect you for it. But that's great. She's making it work, you know, Yeah, I find in the podcasts and the music and I think that's the trick herself. when the world wants us to kind of be in this go, go, go is to either carve out the time. I know for me, um, I like sleep, but God convicted me of my idolatry of sleep a few years ago to where I now get up at five in the morning and do have those quiet moments with him and quiet moments with in the house before the kids wake up. And it's when we carve out that time, he's faithful to be there and to show up and to uh, feed our souls, no matter how, what it looks like. It doesn't always have Absolutely. to look like this three hours of prayer. Like Martin Luther said that if you would <laughs> you could start his day with three hours of prayer, I was like, yeah, there's not time for that. Starting. <laughs> yeah. Not doing that. <laughs> Too fun. Well, what is, I guess, of all your children's books, which one has been the most impactful to you to write? Uh, probably, oh my gosh, they all have been in their own way. Um, I guess that if Jesus lived inside my heart one, um, it is something that I really would like kids to know from an early age, you know, that if you give your heart to Jesus, he's just going to help guide you, you know? in all the ways. And also with that book, I didn't have like a contract for a series or anything. I had to like send them one book separately and they could, you know, reject it or take it. And I had two in this one. I could not get right. They're like, Oh, uh, you know, it's like, no, 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 I'll, 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 you know, so I had to keep working it, keep working it. And then finally got it right. So it's, there was a lot of heart that went into that one. That's kind of yeah. ironic that a lot of heart went into <laughs> the book about having Jesus in your heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, such a sweet message for kids to understand at a young age that, you know, the choices we make and, you know, who we decide to reign in our own heart, whether it's ourself, which usually goes poorly or Christ is such a sweet message for young kids to understand. I love that that's one of one of yours and has a special place in our shelf too. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I think that's a hard concept for kids to understand. It's like, what do you mean he lives in my heart? You yeah. Know? So this is just kind of an example of what that means. Yes. It's definitely one of those kids are very literal and <laughs> they're right. like, I don't want Jesus yeah. inside my chest. He shouldn't be here. <laughs> right, so. right. <laughs> So fun. Well, Jill, what can we expect next from you? I was just told that a Thanksgiving book 
that I had come out like, I don't know, years ago as a touch and feel is being resurrected again in a different format. So it's coming out this year, I think this fall and um, yeah, 2024. So we've yet to see what that's going to look like, but um, that's coming out and I've got another one coming out in 2025 um, with a girl who has a passion for purses and turns her passion for purses into a passion for giving them away and helping oh, others. Oh, that sounds fun. I can't so wait I'm to excited. see how that turns out. I'm excited out. about those. <laughs> and I've, I've submitted a few more um, to go along with this love well, my precious one. So we'll see if those go anywhere. So fun. always something. Always something, right? <laughs> well, where can people find out more about you and your books, Jill? I have a website, jillromanlord.com. I'm also on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever they call that now, X, <laughs> um, LinkedIn. I haven't, I haven't dove into that thread thing yet, but I probably need to. And also, um, I just realized that, you know, you can follow people on Amazon and learn about the books coming out. So. That's true. That has been something new that's come up that you could follow an author that you like. And so I enjoy getting little emails saying, so-and-so is coming out with a book. I'm like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that could be a good definitely. place to follow. Yeah. Very neat. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Jill. It was a pleasure. Oh, it was fun. Thank you. It was a joy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for joining Jill and me on this episode of the Bookworthy Podcast. Check out the show notes for any books or links that we discussed. Then let us know in the comments how you're doing on your New Year's resolutions. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button to help us discover more great books together. Happy reading.